Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that you just don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you are about to get a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes with an author. You'll find out their secret recipe for creating a book. They'll tell you where they get their ideas, and you get the inside scoop on their next project. Want to know more about them? Great. We'll tell you where to find them on social media. Now, I have to tell you that the woman I'm about to introduce you to is delightful. She's wonderful to talk to, and she's written a really poignant book. My guest today is Kimberly Annette Jackson, and she's here to talk about her book, The Cry of a Barren Mother. Kimberly, what a pleasure. Welcome to Books on Air. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Now, you know, it, it occurs to me that books have two lives. There's one life where the reader reads the book and they read what the author has written and it's all there in black and white. But the other life of that book is how it came into being. Was there a a person or was there an event or was there something that happened that said to you, Kimberly Annette Jackson, write this book? Oh, I can I can remember it as if it just happened. Um, yes, 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 ma'am. Yes, <laughs> I was, um, you know, being a single mother, and I was working, um, and um, trying to work, you know, take care of my daughter, and I was dealing with one of my employees. She was my manager. I don't know, she just didn't like me, you know, and um, I was dealing with, um, like, you know, body, you know, issues with my body going in and out of the hospital during the time through anxieties and heart condition. And um, she just, I mean, she just literally fired me. So um, my dad, of course, being a minister, he had um, a church. And um, I had to move out of my apartment, me and my daughter, and we began to live in the um, cubicles. You know, they have like little out um, houses outside the church. So um, we stayed there. (laughs) And I was just, I said, God, is this just the end of my life? What is going on? You know, I'm working. I'm trying to take care of my daughter, being a single parent. And um, I just heard the Lord say, uh, write about it. So um, I discovered my gift of writing. So I just started writing. I didn't know what I was writing, but I just, I just took my time out being alone in the house, you know, trying to um, find a niche and find a title of my life and, you know, just going up and down, dealing with my daughter and different things in my family. So I just started writing. <laughs> That's that, how I started. You know, that's how it happens often. Sometimes some major event will happen in a person's life, and it's exactly the way you described it. It's like they will hear that voice inside them saying, 
you've got to write about this. I just think that it's so wonderful when that happens. And it's so, I think the books are always so inspiring because the person begins to put their life, their story, what's happening to them at the moment down on the page. And this is your story. Is that right? Yes, yes, it is. It's my story. Can you give our listeners a sort of overview of the book? You've told us how it started. Uh, sort of what does it trace? How how does the book unfold if I'm a reader? Well, it starts off with me uh, growing up um, in the church, church girl, a preacher kid, uh, dealing with uh, the fear of the unknown uh, and being introduced to a world that I didn't know and um, just experiencing um, a life outside of church when I rebelled against my parents and um, ran away from home and started experiencing um, different things and dealing with domestic violence. Um, and um, rape, abuse. Um, And I just started living a life that wasn't pleasant um, with my parents. Of course, they wasn't approved approved of it. So I just, you know, just felt that it was just something that I wanted to do because, of course, we was a big family. My mom's, we had, it was, I think it was about 12 of us during the time. And um, it was a lot of siblings. I just, I just wanted to do something different. Um, so I just ran away from home and just started experiencing um, things that I didn't know, you know, that I was going to get caught up in eventually. So uh, I just ran in the arms of a man that I thought loved me and uh, found out that he really didn't love me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Wow. How did you how did you get yourself out of this? I mean, Kimberly, you were in such a vulnerable, scary, frightening place. Yes, I was. I was very much in a frightening place. Um I don't know how I got myself out. I just um I just found myself um running, um, trying to find that place that I needed to, a place of safety. And um, I believe this started when um, I started dealing with sickness in my body and um, that um, led to me having a hysterectomy. And um, that's when the Lord began to speak to me and tell me it was time for me to come out of the world. And that's when I came and discovered that that was a bell of life outside living that life. So that's when I came to the Lord, pretty much. You know, I think what you just described about running away, I suspect that there are so many people who are listening to our words right now and to our our podcast that you just touched that nerve, that there are people out there who are either 
in that situation where they find themselves, they've gone away from uh, the security that they had with a family for whatever reason, and they find themselves in that same kind of position. And you just said the thing that I think is very important to say. Something happened, and you turned to the Lord. Because the, the thing, one of the themes in your book is about religion and how God is in your life and how God has changed your life. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I had to find myself. I I thought it was in relationships. I thought it was in, you know, finding that true love, that true mate. And I just discovered it wasn't in that mate. It was actually in the Lord. And um and I had to repent of my deeds. I had to repent of my ways and my rebellion, um, pulling myself from that safety place, that place that my mother and my father had laid up for me and my family. And that was in the Lord, in church, in worship. And, um, and I just found myself uh, finding that place again, you know, and the Lord accepted me. He forgave me, you know, for what I did wrong in the world. Even though I came back, you know, with a scar that I, um, you know, had a hysterectomy and I couldn't have, you know, any more kids, but I was blessed with my daughter in return. So that's why the book is, I I wrote the book A Cry of a Barren Mother because um, I felt like that was my cry because I went out to find someone to love me, but the man that that desired me wanted kids. I couldn't give them, I couldn't give them kids. You know, I couldn't give them a child. So it became a, a, abusive. They became very angry and aggressive with me. You know, because they felt like I aborted their kids, but I didn't. I just couldn't have kids anymore. So it was a journey for me out there. <laughs> But I made it back safety. <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. It's a journey. And mm-hmm. it went places that I'm sure you never expected it to go. What did you learn about yourself from writing the book? Oh, I learned that I was uh, a woman that inspired others. Um that the journey that I went on wasn't for myself. It was for someone else. And, and I wasn't to, it wasn't for me to be selfish and to keep it to myself. So that's why I wrote about it. Um, and that was other women that was uh, going through or soon to go through what I went through. Um, and it was important for me to, know that I was beautiful because I always thought I wasn't cute, you know. <laughs> I know, know what you mean. Yeah, I thought I was the little ugly duckling in the family. I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> but I come to realize that I was beautiful and I was wonderfully made, that um, when God created me, he created me with excellence. And and today I just discovered that I am I am his daughter, and that um, no matter what I went through, that he still loved me the same. So, yes, ma'am. Who's your target audience? When you think about this book, who do you think about reading it and taking something, your your important message, away? Who do you think that is? A broken girl 
and a lost son. A girl that is broken, that's trying to find herself in a lost son that lost his way without a father and needs to know who he is in the Lord. I know that we have piqued the interest of our listeners because this is such a powerful book. Anytime a book like this comes into my hands, I'm always just so amazed and and so, I guess, awestruck by the author and the fact that the author puts down their soul on that page and really bears, you've bared your soul in this book. And I know our listeners want to know where they can find it. I always go to Amazon because Amazon is is where so many people get their books and get so much stuff, but books are always available there. So if our listeners want to go to Amazon, let me give them the information about how they can find the book. When you go to Amazon.com, there's a, a great big triangular, or I mean a rectangular box sort of at the top of the page. And if you'll put the words, here's the title of the book, The Cry of a Barren Mother by Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y, Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Put that in that search feature, click on it, and it'll take you right to Kimberly's Book Now, the cover of the book, Kimberly, is so poignant. Is there a message that comes with that cover, or is it just uh, illustrating exactly what the book is about? Um, I think it mostly just um, addresses me being a mother, and not only just a mother, but being a mother of many nations where God has spoken to me. Uh, about the crying of his children that is um, lost and um, trying to find their way back to him and that's going through so much in life, you know, which is his young generation when he says, suffer little children come unto me and forbid them not for there is such great in the kingdom of heaven. And we just have to realize, you know, for myself that the cover the the young lady that created it, it was from the Lord. It was from her own spiritual uh, imagination. You know, God gave it to her. <laughs> it's perfect. And uh, yes, it was something that God gave to her. She told me that the Lord told her what to um, what to do and how to create it, and it was her own creativity. So it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it is just a perfect cover. Now, when they go to Amazon, they'll find that they can buy either an audio book or a paperback. And so they can, there's a really wonderful excerpt. The, if they look at the cover of the book, up in the upper right hand corner, there are two words. Look inside. If you click on look inside, it 
opens the book, and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers when I say opens the book, <laughs> and it lets you electronically be able to look through the book, and they, they get, there's a, a foreword in there that's wonderful. There's a, a table of contents so they can see the outline of the chapters, uh, and they can read an excerpt from the book. Now, I know that it's available some other places. Where else could they find it if they don't want to go to Amazon, Kimberly? Well, they can also go to authorhouse.com uh, and they can find the book there as well. Um, um, Amazon and Walmart. Perfect. Yes, now, ma'am. are you? Do you have a website? Could they find you on the on the on a website? Yes, ma'am, they can. They can find me um, on Facebook, uh, www.facebook uh, forward slash a cravel barren mother, or they can find me um, toyjourney.com. Yes, ma'am. Perfect. Now, I always like for an author to have the last word about their book especially a book that's as powerful and has as much of a powerful message as yours does. And you and I talked a little bit about what's in the epilogue. And I think that that's an important piece for us to cover. It's the spirit of fear and then the spirit of rebellion. Tell me a little bit about the spirit of fear. (sighs) Well... The spirit of fear in my life, I went through so much, of course, um, when I was a little girl and um, I dealt, we dealt with so many experiences with my little brother that had kidney uh, failure and then one of my brothers that was accused of of killing my other brother. And um, well, when I was a little girl, I always dealt with uh, attacks from different forces and I always dealt with fear of the unknown, not knowing what was going to happen to me next. And, um, you know, dealing with the experiences and in, in different um, events in my family, it just brought a spirit of fear because I was always troubled of death. But my mama will always tell me, you know, when that when that presence come to just pray, you know, so. I begin to um, pray, but he will always come to choke me, which he used to, he still do it today. When my mother passed last year, um, it was harder, um, you know, when I was a little girl, but then after years, I began to overcome it. But when she passed, the spirit of fear came more. <laughs> yeah. It's like he returned. Um because she was my only um, helper. She was the only one that can, you know, tell me, Kim, you got to fight this spirit that comes to take you out, you know. But um, that was that's what I dealt with growing up, was the fear of fear, the unknown. You know, Kimberly, I think that that's a really important point for you to make, because don't you think that right now with all this pandemic and all the civil unrest and all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world, don't you think people are so afraid right now? Yes, they are. They're afraid of the unknown, uh, what could happen to them. But the Bible says, great is he that is in you than is he that is in the world. And 
I had to learn that when my mother passed last year and and I was and I would start the choking again, like uh, the spirit of fear would begin to choke me and I would deal with anxiety and I began to feel deal with fear and my heart began to race and 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 I couldn't think anymore because I felt that she because she was gone, my life was over. I wanted to be buried with my mom. So God began to consume me. You know, he began to tell me, look, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here. I'm the one that is with you as always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I had to learn to trust in the Lord and to lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him, and he was going to direct my path. So now I have no more fear. I have overcome the fear of the unknown from the domestic violence in my life, from the abuse, uh, from uh, being, you know, mistreated, from my lovers, uh, those that hated me. So now uh, I feel the love of God in my life. I remember him now. And he keeps me. Wow. I think that's, you're, you're so powerful. You have so many powerful things to say. I also thought that it was important that we talk about the spirit of rebellion because there seems to be just rebellion on the right, rebellion on the left, uh, everywhere about everything. And the word outrage comes up so much. What do you say about the spirit of rebellion? Uh, I, I just say the spirit of rebellion is a form of witchcraft. And when we will rebel against God, we are walking in a spirit that we do not know who we're walking in. And sometimes we have to repent and we have to turn from the, uh, the ways of the world. And I had to learn that as a little girl, being disobedient, not being obedient to my mother or being obedient to my father. Um, I, was, I, was, I walked down a road that I didn't know, a dark path. I mean, roads were... Uh, the gates of hell began to open up. And um, I was introduced to people that was trying to take my life. So I had to repent. I had to repent of, of my ways and return back to God. And he opened his arms up to me. And he welcomed me back, you know. And um, I'm no longer that prodigal son, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that prodigal daughter. I returned back home. I came back to safety because where I am, I feel safe. I don't feel isolated anymore. I don't feel alone. I don't feel uh, that fear of the unknown because I obey my mother and father now. When my mother passed, before she passed, I was there with my mom. I was taking care of my mother, you know, because she had a stroke and um, she was on hospice. I took care of my mom. And now today my dad is still living. He's a bishop. I take care of my father. I obey them. I obey my father in the Lord. So it's hard for individuals that don't understand the obedience of being a respectful child, obeying your mother and your father. And some children today, they just don't obey their mother and father that they can live long on this earth, you know. So I had to learn that. <laughs> yeah, I did. 
And you still hear your mom's voice sometimes, don't you, in your head when when you have a when you're trying to struggle with something or something happens, you'll still hear her <laughs> voice telling you what to do, or she'll say you you hear those things that she always used to say to you, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I still hear her voice today. I love it. As if she's standing, as if she's standing right next to me. My mom. I mean, it's today. It's like I feel, I feel she's more alive with me than when she was present with me, because she's in the Lord. So I feel more help, you know. So yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love that, Kimberly. When yes, the, I do. When our readers, when our listeners become readers. And they have a copy of your book, either an electronic copy or a physical copy. <laughs> and they've read the book and they're finishing. And the last the last time they close that last page, either electronically or physically. What do you want them to leave with? What's that last final word that you want them to take away? <laughs> You know, it's amazing you said that today I was talking to my daughter and and when I opened my book and I was trying to find a chapter that I wanted to read to my audience and and fear came. I was like, did I write this? Did I write this book? You know, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and I asked my daughter, I say, uh, Tanisha, do you think I should put this book out? She's like, Ma, you know, the youth need it today. We need it today. There's someone going through what you already been through and um, it's needed. It's very important that it gets out there that someone needed. And um, what I can say is that the reader will be very well healed. Their hearts will be lifted. Their minds will be regulated. They will be reformed. They would identify their spiritual gifts. They will begin to speak up when they're facing fear. They will begin to overcome. Even as Christ overcame the world, they will be overcomers. And they will be victorious in everything that they do until this day out. They will overcome. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. I am so pleased that you chose to be our guest today and talk about your book. You're just so inspiring, and you've come so far. And I think the message that you're leaving people with is really an important one because our world is such a mess right now. Kimberly, thank you so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, don't forget, you can find... The Cry of a Barren Mother by Kimberly Annette Jackson on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart, and Author House. You've been listening to the Books on Hair podcast brought to you on WebTalkRadio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iTunes and iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris. And I hope you'll join our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here. Thank you so very much for listening.